Well, nobody expected the uh, the Cleveland Guardians to be what is it? Would you say Willie first place in hitting uh, in the American League, and it's May 9th, uh, and they're only five hundred. I think if you would have told me that um, that was going to be the case, I would have said that uh, things would be going pretty good. But I guess everything's upside down. This is the uh, the Guardians of the Future podcast. I'm Justin Latta, joined by Willie Hood. Thanks for tuning in. Really, it does really feel like things are upside down. Cleveland's number one in, in hitting in the AL and they're only 500. I'm not really sure what that really says about the team right now. <laughs> did did I need to trade for some starting pitchers? I thought starting pitchers was the was the um, oh the backbone of the organization. Oops. Yeah, really. Yeah, but that's uh, it's good it's to literally see, uh, can't predict ball. Well, it's good to see some young players, uh, guys like Owen Miller and Jimenez. Um, or Jimenez, rather, uh, and Miles Straw, even all those guys showing what they can do at the major league level. Uh, Josh Naylor and Richie Palacios while he was here. Yes, while he was here, he is no longer here, unfortunately, which is really silly, which we're going to talk about to start this week's podcast. Hey, if you listened last week, thanks for tuning in. We had a really long podcast, uh, you know, Willie and I with our back and forth banter and, and some questions, but also. Uh, the interview with Peyton Battenfield. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I, I I really had fun with that last week. Willie talking to to Peyton about pitching and sequencing and and data and scouting the Oklahoma State uh, baseball team. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and you put me on the spot. I couldn't even remember who Justin Campbell was, even though I had him in the mock draft. <laughs> That's right. The next and the next day, I didn't even know that we were talking about that, and I didn't even realize yeah, you, you had mocked him to Cleveland. Yeah, like you had no clue, but I knew, and Greg and I had had done that. Uh, I think we had it done by Friday of the week prior, so it was a few days before. So that that was a cool surprise, I guess, for you to know that uh, or to see that uh, I had Justin Campbell mocked to Cleveland there. And speaking of Oklahoma State, they've got some other draftable arms just besides Campbell, a, a few that might, might interest Cleveland. Yeah, we'll talk more about draft stuff and plans that we got content-wise coming up for that. Uh, at some point, we'll have more of a draft-focused podcast as well when the time gets closer. Still a lot to talk about uh, right now. So again, yeah, if you didn't listen to last week's, I highly recommend you go back. It was a, a very good learning experience for Willie and I just to hear you know, some pitching insights from Peyton Battenfield and, and his background a little bit. He was a lot of fun to talk to. Um, so check that out. Really appreciate him coming on. So, yeah, well, Richie Palacios is going to join Peyton in, in Columbus now. Uh, it looks like, I'm at, well, Med Rosario tonight, as we record this Monday, May 9th, uh, he's playing left field for the Guardians out in Chicago. Andre Semenis slides to short. That seems to be the way they want to go for now. It's really funny, though, that they're doing that, considering, you know, Rosario had one bad play in left field against Kansas City the opening week of the season on a windy day. And that was kind of the end of that experiment. Now they're going back to it. I'm not really sure why why now, but I'm also not sure that Richie Palacios being back in AAA is best for them. I think, you know, I, you know, he wasn't great when he was up there, but, man, his at-bats were good. He got some timely hits. I know he had one bad play in left field himself, ran the bases okay. I mean, he did everything pretty well, I mean, for a rookie in his first two weeks in the big leagues, but, 
I, I, I'm just surprised to see him go back down. I don't think he did anything to earn having to go back down. And I kind of feel like their best team might at this, at this moment might have Richie Palacios on it. So I'm not sure a, what to make of Rosario back to left field and why now and B why Richie Palacios was the casualty. I think it's roster construction. Um, at some point you have to think he'll be back or he will be in the majors, maybe not with Cleveland. Another guy that gets pinched because he's really, he's a miscast middle infielder playing outfield. Um, not a side at him. If I, if I remember right, he may have played some outfield while he was at Townsend state um, with the Tigers, but I'm not sure about that. I know he did play second base there. He does have the speed for it. Um, and he looked good from what I saw of him. Not that I watched every game because I didn't, um, especially those West Coast games. Wait for me. I'm I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> My sleep schedule is just so bad that it didn't affect me at all. And it won't this week either. But that's more of an indictment on me than it is anything about your age. <laughs> well, I, as you know, I, I'm messaging you and Jared sometimes at 1 a.m. And then, then again the same or the next morning or – yeah, I guess it is the same morning at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. So you just never know when I'm up and about. Well, only 8 o'clock starts the next two nights, thankfully, and then a couple in Minnesota, but that's over the weekend. Uh, maybe, Yeah, maybe it is about roster construction. I don't know. The question, too, is they're going to bring you Chang back, and I'm not sure where he fits. You have Ernie Clement. The whole thing is weird. And, you know, Palacios, like you said, Palacios can play second, and they could have had another left-handed bat to play center or left or second base. I think that's a really valuable piece to have on your bench. And I know it's not good for Palacios to be up and not playing, but I don't know. You're, if, you're, if your outfield is um, Palacios and left, Miles Strawn, center and Quan and right, and Jimenez, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're doing with Rosario. I, I guess really what this says is that they want to keep Miller at first. They want to keep Miller at second. They want to put Jimenez at short but they don't want to give up on Ahmed Rosario. I think that's what this really is, right? This is what it sounds like, is it's more of we're trying to hang on to Ahmed Rosario for whatever reason versus anything else because everybody else has a spot. He's the one that would be left out. It's not time to trade Rosario yet. You know, I mean, for them to get anything of value, I think he needs to be playing shortstop, unfortunately. I, I don't think he holds value as a left fielder, but then maybe he does have value as a super utility or a utility type player. Um, again, an infielder miscast as an outfielder. I think he should be playing second base, and I don't understand why he was never tried there. You know, um, definitely has a lot of athleticism, but uh, I don't know. It's been an interesting journey with him. I don't see why he was played over Jimenez to begin with, but you know, I think I was pretty adamant about that from from go really that. Jimenez should have been the shortstop. And if you're going to play Rosario, just put him out and left and leave him there instead of giving a one trial run and on a windy day in Kansas city, which is a huge outfield. Um, I don't know. I, it was a tall task for anyone who's a, a converted infielder to outfielder. And he dropped one ball, you know I mean? That was, it was windy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was playable, but it was windy too. So I'll, I'll give him a, a break on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, the fact they didn't really work him out there very much either. They waited until the end of spring training to do that, which is really confusing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess you're right now. It's not the time to trade, but it's just like 
I don't know. It just feels like they're trying so hard to hang on to him. The bat hasn't come around this year for him yet. I know he's streaky and anything could happen, but I don't know if, if you, if you they talked about, this is why, this is why I think a, it's about a future trade because early in the year, look what happened. You had Yu Chang and Bobby Bradley both start in the year in the, in the starting lineup. Right. And two days later they didn't hit anything and they were gone. They were out of the lineup and, uh, well, Yu Chang got COVID, and Bobby Bradley just stopped playing altogether. Now he's back in AAA, although he hasn't reported yet, and reportedly he's on the suspended list. So um, that's an interesting note. But I wish I knew a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, I I know they have a certain amount of days to report to their assignment when they pass the waivers like that. Yeah, um, he must be just be taking his full time, and maybe the Guardians were upset. Maybe it's a weird paper move. Maybe he's. You know, it could be a number of things. It could be him looking, you know, I know them getting him set up with housing in Columbus because he was sure. living in Cleveland and now he's got to be set up with housing in Columbus and he's not going to yeah. be called back up because he's up to 40. So it could be a number of things. Maybe it's something Bobby Bradley did. It's just a weird transaction to look at considering the, the development of things. But, you know, those guys were ripped out of the lineup very fast because Tito said he was going to go with the hot hand and that was Miller and, and Naylor or Naylor wasn't back at that point and Jimenez and some other guys. Well, Rosario has not come around offensively, but he keeps getting chances. So to me, that says they are going to trade him or maybe they're trying to. They know he's not part of the future, but they're trying to get the back going. So maybe they have some value because if they really clearly valued him as part of the future of the organization, I feel like. I don't know. I really, maybe this doesn't make sense either because more, he'd have more value at shortstop. But I think at this point, everybody knows he isn't the best defensive shortstop on the roster, but they're just trying to find value for him. And I, I don't know if it's a trade or I, I just don't know why they're hanging on to him. I think it's uh, long-term. He's going to be traded. That's probably June or July. And right now I think this is building up that um, versatility for him, putting him back out in the outfield, setting the infield for the young guys. They need to do that. Unfortunately, uh, Palacios seems to be the guy caught in the middle of all of this and what what do you make of the roster construction though with Placio in left straw and center and then Quan over in right field Quan in truth should be a left fielder when you typically want a guy with a better arm than Quan and that's not a shot at him but you want you want somebody who's going to throw somebody out at the plate from right field um it's it's a good position for Cleveland to be in because Cleveland has options so that's why I believe Palacios is probably a, a trade chip as well at some point in time. I mean, we could even get into roster. You know, I said roster construction. We can even get into the, the roster quandary that they will have this offseason. You know, I know Jeff uh, Jeff Ellis tweeted 11 guys the other day that need to be added. And then there's a few more that I think you and I came up with that we talked about that could be rostered in, in the interim. Um, relievers, guys like that, that would be useful if not in Cleveland somewhere, you know, and as I said, at some point in time, they're going to have to package some of these guys and move them along. For me, this is about building their versatility for Rosario, reestablishing value for him and hoping to move him later on. Right now, I don't think you get much not that I ever thought his value was extremely high, but um, maybe it's waiting for the right shortstop to go down, you know, and a team gives the call or a team's looking for a, you know, his speed and athleticism or something like that, looking for a platoon matchup or something, you know, um, 
I just don't see them making that move right now until they rebuild some some um, value for him. But I think you have to also consider the wrist injury the, that he had that held him out uh, for several games too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I I definitely don't think he's part of the roster long term. I don't think that's ever been the case. It's just, I don't know, it's just frustrating considering. I mean, it's good they're moving back to left field because they finally realized that Jimenez is – the superior defensive shortstop and they're trying to keep him in the lineup because he's hitting and um settle the young guys on the infield you know take care of that and then now you can start working on that outfield corner or yeah or both i don't know as so. a matter of fact i mean like i said they need a right fielder let's flip him to chicago for uh ian Happ and just be done with it <laughs> there you go <laughs> i'm at rosario and richie palacios to chicago for ian Happ. done Okay, glad I got that worked out. Can, can we get Wilson Contreras while we're talking to him? Yeah, if you throw in, I don't know, uh, Hunter Gaddis or Joey Cantillo, I guess you probably could. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to trade Cantillo right now. Let's talk about that. I'm back on the bandwagon. I don't know. Let's let's talk about some of these pitching performances this week, Willie. Um, really, in Akron is where there were a lot of good performances all week, even though they didn't have a great series in Richmond. It was kind of up and down. Um Let's see. Last last week or so, we got Joey Cantillo uh, made one start, five innings, four hits, six strikeouts, no walks. Pro- easily the best start of the year for him. He had a good start to start the season. May's just been kind of up and down in, as far as control is concerned since then. Um, I watched that start really. He was. What's that? I said he missed two years, so that's acceptable. That's true. Yeah, he basically missed two years of development. So the fact that he's not having consistent control or command is not. Shocking, and it's not a concern at this point. Um, but man, that was a really good start. I watched this start, mm-hmm. and he was up to 95. He didn't really throw a lot of curveballs, didn't really throw a lot of changeups. Looked like he kind of had a cutter going and a slider going. Uh, but he was fastball heavy, and man, he was pounding the zone with the fastball. He, like I said, didn't walk anybody. He was getting ahead up to 95. Um, I know we were kind of down on Cancillo in the rankings, he did a good first start of the season. Uh, it was hard to, to, it was hard. Like, I think, like you said, we treated him like a Tommy John surgery almost mm-hmm. because he didn't pitch in 2020. He didn't pitch mostly last year. So we almost evaluated him like a, like a, a long-term injury guy because of the lack of innings in Cleveland. But I don't know. Every time people say, you know, Joey Cantillo doesn't look like the guy. And I know the other scouting reports out there on him, other outlets weren't high on him, but I'm, I've watched him a couple times this year. And when he has starts like that, I'm still on board. Yeah, I like him. Um, you were more excited about him initially, I think, than I was. Uh, I think a lot of people were. I, I thought um, Jimenez would be the or Jimenez would be the jewel of that trade, if I remember right. I like Arias too, and I know a lot of people talked about Cantillo, Cantillo, um, but uh, you know, I I wasn't really on board with him as much as others. I not that I don't believe in his ability, but when a guy misses two years, I think you have no choice but to kind of drop him in your rankings like you would a, a Tommy John arm, especially with the not having that development from 2020 and then missing almost all of last season. When he did come in, he didn't look as good as you'd want him. I mean, he didn't have the control there. I Some of that I think you can write off because he did change his arm swing and just basically ring rust, if you will. Um, I've always said that you need to, you need to watch starting pitchers, seven, eight, sometimes maybe 10 starts and see 
where they're at before you judge, you know, whether they're ready to make another jump or, or anything with them before you even make any sort of decision with them on the year. With that said, you know, I think you can apply that to Cleveland starting rotation. I guess, um, I don't know that I would considering their velocity issues and their track record. I know it's, it's been, a, it was a weird spring training and it's been a weird year. I don't know. I, I guess I have a harder time applying that to the major league staff at this point, considering the, the velocity issues. Like I control, I can understand, but velocity I'm concerned about, but I guess we'll see long-term. But to me, I think Cancillo is pitching himself back into, again, it's, it's only a couple starts, so it's, it's too soon to judge, but, um, you know, I was skeptical about not protecting him last year. Obviously, the rule five didn't happen, but you know, he it looked like a guy that I would want to protect because if he if you don't, and they're going to have issues with this because like we talked about. But I think I think if he keeps pitching like this, there's no way he's either not on Cleveland's forty or on somebody else's somebody else's forty, um, and maybe he ends up being a trade chip too. I don't know. I guess it's depend. They're going to have to they're going to have to consolidate somehow because they can't protect all these guys. Um, but he is pitching his way back into some interest, I think. Just again, if he's up to 95, that's a big development for him because somebody came over, he was 88, 91. Um, and last year, he was kind of hitting 93, 94 when he came back. But I thought maybe that was because he had a lot of time off and the arm strength was good and um, he was coming out of the bullpen. But, you know, we're a couple starts in this season. He's hitting 95 and it was in the fifth inning. You know, maybe he's sitting. 91 93 instead of being 80 89 91 and that makes a big difference for a guy like him and hitting 95 later on and i'll just go ahead and say i i think he will be on a 40-man roster either cleveland or somewhere else next year i don't think that's an issue for him at all i think the talent's yeah. there i think he is going to have a rebound year um i think we'll see ups and downs anybody that misses that bulk of time i think you're going to see some some um variance in there in their performance, but I think that ultimately he ends up a guy that ends up added to either Cleveland's 40 man roster or Oakland or right. Baltimore's or Miami, whoever, wherever he ends up at. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to see, but I had fun watching him in that start and I'm looking forward yeah, to more of those. Watch the, watch the video that you posted of him too. And, um, you know, he had it working sharp. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was as sharp as I've ever seen him in Cleveland uniform or Akron, I guess, as it were. Um, no surprise here. I don't know if we really need to dig into this too much. We can we can tie it into a question, but I wanted to note Logan T. Allen. We only have to call him Logan Allen now, right? Can we drop the T, Willie? Yeah, I think so. There is not He's another Logan lo- Allen in the organization now. So There was only room for one. Man, now we just need it, to bring in uh, Logan Tanner and everything's going to be all right. <sighs> well, like, you're right. It's it's fine because they did they did get rid of one Logan Allen, so I guess we can handle that now. But you were you were making poor Arthur go crazy with all your Logans and all your Tanners, and we already got Tanner Bibby, and uh, it's crazy. Um, Logan Logan Allen, we'll just we'll drop the T. It's just Logan Allen now. He is the Logan Allen. It's T Logan Allen, right? The Logan Allen versus go. Logan T Allen. It is the Logan Allen. He went. 11 innings, struck out 13, walked four, which is high for him in 11 innings. Um, two runs, nine hits, and two starts. I guess he's added a cutter, Willie. I, I read that he added a cutter the other day, and uh, I don't know what else to say about Logan, the Logan Allen at this point, but I don't know. Another A cutter for him should be helpful, considering he can 
keep guys off the fastball that's, you know, roughly 89 to 92, gets it to 94. I don't know what he's throwing the cutter at, but hard to argue with the results once again. And I, I, I question why he's not in AAA. I know the innings may not be there, but he's got nothing left to prove in AA. I think it's all about future roster construction with him. Um, meaning they don't have to roster him or they don't have to add him to the 40 man roster yet. So why rush him to AAA? Um, and you got a few guys there in Columbus that they want to see. They want to see Tobias Myers, who's on the 40 man. Uh, they they want to see Connor Pilkington and Eli Morgan, maybe at some point in Columbus, they want to see a Peyton Battenfield. You know, they want to see those other guys that they've got on the roster. Um, why is a guy and guy like uh, Tanner uh, Tanner Tolley and Kirk McCarty in Columbus above yeah. him? You know, I, I think it's because they want to hold or maintain some of that depth that they have with those arms instead of moving on from them. Um, really, I don't think there's an issue if there was a need. Let's say there was a big COVID outbreak and the whole pitching staff went down. I think they would feel comfortable calling up the Logan Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't want to do it before they have to, but you don't have to add them to the 40, so I don't yeah. know. That'd be interesting. Um, you know, it doesn't just have to be on the 40. Uh, our buddy Chuck wanted to know um, who will make their pitching debut in Cleveland first. Will it be – he said Logan T. Allen. We're switching it. Will it be the Logan Allen, Daniel Espino, or Gavin Williams? I I have a hard time answering this question. I mean, I know Espino's hurt right now. I don't – who knows if he'll be when he'll be back? But this is a hard question to answer because Williams and Espino. If Espino is you know gets over this knee injury, hopefully nothing serious. Those guys could all debut close to the same time because they're all you know. So is moving at, at a rapid be pace. Double A this week. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. We'll see. The rotations aren't out yet, but I don't know. You I, never I know. noticed that. Just, I, I was looking for him. Ten strikeouts in five innings his last start, Willie. He's uh, he's walked a couple guys. You know his walk uh-huh. rate's up there. But who who out of this group is pitching in the in the major leagues first? I'm tempted to say. I think I'd go with Logan Allen just because he's less of a high risk than than Espino because we know they're going to be careful with Espino. Uh, I think it'll give Williams a little bit of time. I'm going to say Logan T. I'm going to say the Logan Allen T. Logan Allen is the the first guy in that group to make it. I agree because he has to be rostered on the 40 before the other two, even though I think Gavin Williams will definitely see the bigs next season. And I think Espino will see the bigs next season. Even Um, I don't see rushing them to to the majors. I think it does matter um, that they get these innings in and build up um, in the minor leagues. I think you still have to work on the development. You mentioned uh, as you pointed out, a few mechanical changes that they made with him and uh, Williams. Um, and we know that they've also made mechanical changes with Daniel Espino at a point in time. Um, I know that they've had Espino working on a few pitches, specifically a changeup at one point in time. Uh, I think, you know, they're going to probably let Espino pitch a lot of the year in, in Akron. There's no need to call him up. Um, mm-hmm. Is he ready? Yeah, I think they could call him up, you know, when he's healthy and could pitch in the majors, but I don't want to see him um, handled like a, a guy like 
that, that gets called up and then shuttled back or back and forth. When he's up, I think it's going to be up for good because I think there's that type of performance from any of those three pitchers there. Uh, but I think Logan or the Logan Allen will be the one who's <laughs> called up first. But to go off of Chuck's list, I'll say Nick Miklo, Miklochek is up before any of them. I would like to say that, but I will say his velocity has been down early. I think I mentioned this last week. He was only throwing 90-93 right now, so I'm a little mm-hmm. bit concerned about him uh, out of the gate. His uh, his command's been fine. He did blow one save, but um, his velocity that popped in 2021 is not there right now. Maybe, maybe it'll come back, but just something to note about that. That is a concern um, about him making his debut this year to me. How about yeah. T, T. Logan Allen? Uh, T. Logan Allen. Just I was just going to rattle this off, Willie. Twenty-seven career starts now for uh, pitching or outings for Logan T. Allen or T. Logan Allen. Even I can't get it right. Um, in his pro career so far, he is eleven and one in twenty-seven outings with a two nineteen ERA. He has one hundred and forty-three innings pitched with one hundred eighty-six strikeouts and thirty-eight walks. Did you ever see that coming? That, that kind of – it's just the minors. I know it's just the minors, but uh, we're talking nine starts in high A and 18 starts in double A. Did you see this kind of uh, early career performance from T. Logan Allen? No, as I said, when he was drafted, um, that there could be number three upside and probably a fourth or fifth starter, pretty similar to what I said about Tanner Burns. Um we can talk about him later, but uh, I didn't. I'm curious about the cutter too that you mentioned earlier. I caught on to that um, as well, and uh, curious how he's going to use that with his pitch selection. Um, I'm a little leery of cutters too. Um, just my own personal thing. I I wish more guys threw splitters, but <laughs> gotta have big hands for that. Maybe he has small hands. Maybe they're maybe he's Kenny Pickett. You know. So we can get uh, Gavin Williams to throw one because he's got massive bear paws. He does. I shook his hand after I talked to him last time in Lake County, and man, his yeah, it's a bear paw. It's it's up there. It is up there. Um, yeah, he could throw one for sure. Um, so yeah, Logan Allen, incredible start. Hunter Gaddis too. I'm gonna, I we're gonna throw his, some love his way. Yeah. Um, I know he was on with uh, Jeff on the Lockdown Guardians podcast. I don't know if I mentioned that last week, but. He's on the Lockdown Guardians podcast um, doing an interview with Jeff. That was fun to listen to. He was cool. Really good to talk to. He was enjoyable last year in Lake County. Uh, five innings, nine strikeouts, two walks, two hits. Uh, similar start a week ago, same thing. He's really broken out this year to me, and I know we talked about him a little bit last week on the podcast, but oh, it's not one of those guys you got to keep an eye on. You know, He's got good stuff. I thought last year his numbers that were down uh, were kind of a, a mirage that he pitched better than his numbers indicated. And so far this year, he's dominating double A hitters. And, um, you know, everybody keeps saying that there's relief risk there. You know, he's got the head whack that he's never gotten rid of as a pitcher, which is always dangerous, but um, hasn't affected his control. His control's been even better this year. That changeup is obviously as good as Eli Morgan's. The fastball's got some late ride on it, even though it tops out at 94. Um, he's still trying to improve the breaking balls, but. Yeah, just he's uh, Rule 5 eligible this winter. This is another guy this winter that Cleveland's got to make a decision on. Yeah, and there's some deception there with that crossfire delivery. But like you said, he repeats it well. 
Um, that was one thing I, I said that I thought that he, I know others have said he could be a reliever, but I watched video of him and I saw him repeating it and it not affecting his control. And you know, I look at numbers a lot. I'm very analytically inclined. So I'll look at the numbers and the numbers tell me that he's a potential starter. I've said before, maybe he's a number three. I don't think that's the case. I think he's probably a number four or five. Uh, but when he was drafted, I thought he could possibly develop into a number three starter. Yeah, definitely on that track to be kind of a, a four or five guy, uh, depending on the velocity. Would be a great reliever with those two pitches. I mean, we've seen like Morgan pitch really well out of the bullpen. Yep. Uh, with the fastball changeup combination, not something you see a ton of out of the bullpen, but it's been really good. Still could use some development with the slider, but the numbers are hard to argue against. I mean, his command is better this year. His control's better. Striking out batters at a 36% rate in double A. I know he's 24 years old, but. That should be average yeah, it's not like he's, yeah, he's not super old for that level for sure. Um, and you talk about the missed year as well in 2020 where he would have been he would have been double A last year. So yeah. um very on pace. So another guy that's gonna make decisions tough for them this winter. Just another guy to throw on that list. Um let's see, Tanner Bibby. How about Tanner Bibby last week? <laughs> yeah. Um another guy they don't gotta make a decision on for a while is Tanner Bibby. Uh that start last week was phenomenal uh he's up to 97 how about that so he was uh, what in college willie uh 89 92 ish right uh, he's up down 94 95 i believe if i caught that in my write-up i i'd heard some of that okay. um but so there was a, a a past of that but no he usually sat 89 92 there was flashes but it was no expectation that he's gonna hold that um as you pointed out, though, they made some mechanical changes with him. Um, mm -hmm. And now you're seeing more velocity from him. I think that's something, you know, I, I think you, you've you been recognizing a few. Gavin Williams was the other, but a few guys that they've made a few mechanical changes on. And um, I think you kind of unlocking the key to what Cleveland does there with their pitching is find velocity, find small timing mechanisms or small timing issues and a pitcher's delivery and maximize it. Yeah. With Williams, they've definitely slowed his arm swing down. He's on time better with that arm delivery through the, through his arm slot. Uh, so they slowed him down a little bit. Bibby, they just added a, um, a kind of a step, a step and turn delivery to him. You know, he wasn't stepping towards first base before his delivery. Now he is um, everything else is just a little bit more tighter, more efficient, nothing really crazy, but, yeah, to go from, from 89, 92 to being 92, 95, topping out at 97. And he had eight strikeouts, uh, two walks, allowed two runs last week. Um, but man, for the year, 16 innings, 26 strikeouts, just four walks. I don't know. Now I'm starting to think Bibby's one of these guys that can move fast through the system again. Again, there's nowhere to put him. Uh, 23 and high A. So it's not like he's, you know, he's right on age for, or right on the age for the level that, at that point. Yeah, he's a guy that went back to school and took a risk um, to improve his draft stock and kind of got burnt going into the fifth round. And if you remember, he had a commitment um, to Texas A&M. So he had a little bit of leverage, but as an older player, you know, he wasn't going to make a lot of money. So him going in the fifth round, I believe it was last year where he did and um, getting a decent bonus. I think, you know, it, it played off well for him. But in the end, I suspect it plays out very well for him because I think he's a number four or five starter that probably flashes a little bit of number three starter because of his control. 
Yeah, the control's been been very good. It's always been good. And like you said, it's 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 finding guys that need a little bit of twist, a little bit of tweak to their delivery to go from a guy with good control who throws 89-91 to a guy with good control who's throwing 92-95 and a stopping guy at 97. If they can find those guys that mechanically they can identify that one change is going to unlock, you know, a couple miles an hour, good spot for them to, to pick somebody. And it's funny you bring up the uh, the commitment to Texas A&M. I remember tweeting about that with you and Jared and, and we were talking about, Oh, Tanner Bibby was a guy that Cleveland could target. And I tweeted, I saw that I saw the news and yeah. I was like, Oh, he's going to, he's not going to be in the draft and Cleveland. You know, it's a guy Cleveland could have targeted. And I remember he followed me and DM me and he goes, Hey, just by the way, I'm still eligible for the draft. I'm just, that's just that in case and I was like, Oh, okay. Well I said, well, hopefully we'll talk after Cleveland picks you. And yeah, he was an not- obvious Cleveland pick, you know I mean? Right. I could have picked that one blindfolded. Oh, Tanner Bibby. Yep. Yeah, Tanner Bibby and then and Trenton Denholm, all those guys for I know yeah. Trenton Denholm was the guy you and Jeff Ellis were both like for two years putting on the board for Cleveland and lo and behold, no shock. Um so yeah, he's been fun to watch. How about Tommy Mace to go along with that? Tommy Mace had a really good start last week. He uh after coming back after getting hit in the, in the leg with the liner, uh eight strikeouts of his own, one walk, one hit. Also twenty three in double A. Um, or I'm double. I'm sorry. In Lake County, okay, Lake County rotation, something else. Every year, it seems like there's such great pitchers in that rotation. And of course, everybody on the field, position player wise, is all like 19, 18, 20, and they can't hit, which they're not hitting. It's like every year is the same story in Lake County. It's going to be all this advanced pitching. Uh, it's going to look great, and then they can't hit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a it's a regular thing. But Tommy Mace it looks like a guy who. Um, went to a premium, a, a really good baseball conference in school, and wasn't consistent. And now Cleveland, is, he's had some up and down starts this year, but last week was as good as he's looked all year. And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not surprised. He's got a strikeout per inning. I, I think you'll see as he gets comfortable in a pro setting. I think you'll see better starts from him. And that was just one. I, I, I don't know where he goes from here. Like we said, there's no room to move up top, but um, really I, good I to see him have a good that. week. I think you'll find some room in June and July um, when the team does make some moves. They, they have to. But even with that being said, you know, we have another draft coming in July and a lot of value in pitching this year. So, you know, I, I suspect that Cleveland is going to stick to their model, as you kind of alluded to um, slightly. I, I think that Cleveland will continue to do what they've done in the past, which is bring in young hitters, but also a lot of college pitching. Um, so I think we'll see a, a draft heavy on arms and Cleveland will have an opportunity to optimize that there. And what do you do with the arms that do come in the system? You know, some of them are going to probably sit out in Arizona and they'll probably work on some mechanical changes. They're not going to get a lot of innings. So you're not going to see a lot of guys rushed out. They only uh, moved out a few guys last year, Alaska Abney, um, Aaron Davenport to name a, to name a couple of them that moved out fairly quickly out of Arizona and into Lynchburg. Um, you know, there's it's a good problem to have to have pitching, but you never have enough. Um, give me a couple of bats sure. up top, and give me the rest of the draft of arms, and I'll be a happy man. <laughs> so what you're what you're saying is, whoever Cleveland drafts, they better get real comfortable with being in Arizona in August and September. That's right. That's I don't see a lot of people moving out of Arizona. <laughs> When yeah. they come into the org, unless yeah. there's some trades, I do think Cleveland will make some some deals and 
they'll lighten the load, so to speak, up top, and we'll see some yeah. of these older guys move. Maybe maybe a few of them are even involved in deals, you know, um, like a Doug Nukesi oh, or a player Tommy Nace later. Or, Yeah. Listen, stop Stop trying to trade my guy. Stop trying to trade my guy, Doug Nukesi, just because he's had a couple bad starts. I'm, I'm, really I'm not trading him. I know you... <laughs> I know you like left-handed relievers. He, I, I don't even have. I can't even. I can't even dispute you because the last two starts, he's got eight walks. Uh, he only allowed one hit in um, his last yeah, start. I'm, he I'm struck out kidding. five. No, he's. he's I, I think he's he'll definitely concerning me. I hope control has always been an issue for him. I think I put a forty-five on it. You know, I think because of his athleticism, and there is athleticism. It, yeah, I, athleticism there for him. I think he can get into a groove. I, I still think he could be a, a back of the rotation type of starter, a fourth or a fifth starter, and a guy because he's left-handed, and those lefties seem to take a little bit longer. Um, I think even if he's carrying like a four and a half per nine uh, walk rate, he'll strike out enough guys that that's not going to matter that much. If he was in the bullpen, uh, heck yeah, I mean – to blow away a lot of guys there. Um, it wouldn't show as much, but I, I still think that there's enough. There's a, a fiery competitor there with the ability to strike people out. I don't care if he walks one or two um, or if he ends up walking three or four, as long as he's not doing that in a single inning, he'll be all right. Well, that's been the problem is the walks have come in bunches so far. He is not. And I wonder, um, wonder if there's out. mechanical changes there that he's working on. With them making other moves with other guys, why wouldn't they be on him or have him specifically working on pitches in certain counts? We want you to throw your change up, you know, when mm-hmm. when you get ahead. Or we want you to and, – and I haven't watched him enough, partly because Lake County's not on all the time. But, um, hmm. yeah. <laughs> our loss. That's not, our loss. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I haven't noticed anything either. I'll have to go back and see. I didn't I didn't see a start on Saturday because I was actually in Cleveland um, for the doubleheader, so I didn't see it. I'll have to go back and look. Um, I hope it gets it together, though. Obviously, you know, I like I like Dunn Casey a lot. I, I like watching him pitch. He's fun. When he's pitching well in a big moment, it's a lot of fun to see. Yep. Um, what do you say we turn – what's that? I said an yeah. intense, fiery competitor That'll there. Work. Uh, and that'll work out of the bullpen, whoever he ends up. I think he'll be fine. He'll he'll have a major league role, whatever it is, at yes. some point. And um, let's not let's not cast him as a reliever yet. I was joking around when I said that. Um, yeah. There's still plenty of time. So far, it, it could be it could be just some mechanical things um, with him, like I said, or they could just be working on a certain pitches. We want you to throw in this quadrant. Yeah. They, and they, they do that a lot at Lake County. I think when you start to get to the double A AA and triple A level, they kind of kind of pull that back. But I think in, in high A and low A, they definitely do that a lot. I remember Tanner Burns saying that last year in, in Lake County. He was doing that, and I'm trying to think uh, Espino was too. There were a couple guys who were doing it. So um, definitely and a good point. We know that they've made uh, some changes on Bibby and Williams, both guys that stayed back in Arizona, both guys that didn't go out to Lynchburg early. Um, I mean, heck, they added a slider to Aaron Davenport, you know. So why yeah. would we think three guys in Lake County's rotation, why would we think that they aren't working on something with Nikesi, you know. So maybe you can get an interview with him while you're there in Lake County sometime, Justin, and uh, find out what's up. Yeah, I'll be down there this week, so I'll, I'll try to schedule that if I can. Um, 
I don't think he'll be moving on to Akron anytime soon. So there's time to do that for sure. Um, hmm, let's see. I, I did skip some questions here. We can get back around to, um, let's move back up to AAA. I want to get to some hitters specifically, specifically Will Brennan. Um, Zach Fido MVP had a couple questions. He said, at what point do we lock him in as a shortstop of the future or second base? Um, we talked about that a little bit. I don't know. It, it's, Right now, you've got two shortstops and the minors that are hurt, which we'll talk about. Um, I don't know. Jimenez keeps playing like this. I guess you really can't take him out of the lineup. and uh, Not only out of the lineup, but you can't discount his future here if he if he's settled into some kind of groove. And the other two guys are hurt. I don't know. You're going to have to figure out who it's going to be for the future because you can't ignore it. Call it uh, recency bias. What have you done for us yeah. lately? Um, yeah. But Jimenez is making a mark, and I think that's why we see Rosario in left field. I think that's a, I think that's the right play for the organization long term. Get him in left field. Let all of this take care of itself, and it will. You know, who knows? With injuries, injuries happen. Unfortunately, we know that with like Tyler Freeman having dealt with two shoulder injuries. Let's hope he stays healthy. But ultimately, as I've alluded to, I, I do expect they're going to be active on the trade front during the trade deadline and even the run up to the deadline, whether they're, they are in contention or not. Um, this is a time for them to be opportunistic and even build for next year. So if they do make a few deals, if that's for a reliever, if that's for a catcher, for a corner outfielder, I think it'll be for somebody who has multiple years of control ahead of them. Uh, I know that, um, I know that um, Quincy Wheeler threw out uh, Tyler Stevenson's name before um, or, a few weeks ago, I mentioned him a couple of years ago that I'd love to get him. Um, he's somebody that I've had an eye on. So I think uh, he would be an interesting target if Cleveland was to go all in for a catcher like that. Uh, I don't foresee it. I do think they will probably make some sort of move there and possibly the outfield. Who knows? Maybe they fortify the rotation. Um, you know, there's some issues there, as we've said. Yeah, and they're not trying to rush any of their starters up. I mean, Morgan and Pilkington are solid arms, but they're not they're not a future rotation arms you build around. So maybe they find somebody else to go into that spot. So we'll see. Um, let's see who else we had. Oh, Lamole, our buddy Fran Mills eyebrow. Um, where do you see Nolan Jones getting his best opportunity to play and stick in Cleveland once he gets a chance first or outfield? Uh, and then Glenn Longwell to go along with this also asked um, Bobby Bradley being in Columbus. Does that hurt Logan or uh, Nolan Jones's chance? of getting reps at first base. I really don't know how that's going to play out, Willie, with, with Bobby Bradley being in AAA. You've got Trenton Brooks, who can play the outfield. Um, not really a guy who should be blocking anybody, but he had a decent year last year. You've got David Fry, who they got for J.C. Mejia. He he can catch, Willie. We know he well, he, he's caught. I guess there's a difference between can catching and doing it are two different things well. Um, but he hasn't. David Fry is not caught for Columbus this year at all. He's played a couple innings at third. He's exclusively played first base. Well, now you've got Trenton Brooks, you've got David Fry, and now you've got Bobby Bradley um, all vying for innings at first base. And then Nolan Jones is going to come back. I don't know when. He's. I don't think he's quite pro- progressed to um, cage work yet. He was on track to start hitting in the batting cage soon. Um, but if he comes back and I don't know. July or, or late June, early mid June. I don't know where he plays. It can't be third base. Obviously, it makes no sense unless 
the only reason third base makes sense is for him to enhance his trade value. Otherwise, it's got to be the outfield or first base if it's going to be part of this team. I, but I don't know. I, how does that play out? I think they what they have to do is they have to find a home for Bobby Bradley. I think it's got to be somewhere else. I don't think you can continue with Bobby Bradley in AAA here. I think he would be an all-star caliber first baseman in Korea. Um, he looked really good on the Dinos. I think that's the team that um, Adam Pluck goes on now. Oh, yeah. Um, he'd match Worked out good for Adam, Eric Thames. It, yeah, it's, it's helped a lot of guys um, who have come back and benefited from going overseas and playing pro ball. Uh, a lot of guys say that that's quad A or whatever, you know. Um, seriously, I think that should be an opportunity he explores uh, for his long-term career. I don't think he has one. I don't, I don't think Bradley has one in Cleveland. Um, as for Nolan Jones, I think you have to eventually move him to first base, but I think they probably move him to the outfield first. Um, David Fry playing a lot of first base. That struck me a little funny. Um, I think a lot of that is because Jones isn't healthy. Naylor was coming back. Chang has had COVID. Um, a lot of variables. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting that Fry hasn't played any catcher yet, but I I think him adding more versatility and playing first base, playing third base. He, I think he's played second base in, in both corner outfields in the past, and we know he can play catcher. So I don't know if this is Cleveland just putting Fry in a position of need. Um, ultimately, I think Bradley gives way to Jones when Jones is healthy because I think they still believe in Jones. I, I don't think jump ship from Jones yet, um, but he needs to come out and take his walks be a little, be less passive at the plate, put the bat on the ball, you know, with the power potential that he has. Yeah. Passivity is definitely one thing, but yeah, I, I would say first base until they or outfield until they figure out what they're doing in first base, triple A. Cause it's not like Bradley Fry and, and Trenton Brooks should not be blocking anybody from playing at getting at bats where they need to get at bats. Those guys are not, developmental guys you're focused on right now they're they're nice organizational players yeah. and i think they've got to find a home play a, bradley yeah fry could be one of those uh, utility pieces that you keep around that a team needs as a call-up yeah type of a bench uh, piece yeah, emergency catcher your, your third emergency catcher can play first base can pay, play third um very versatile in that role and he has some power i think maybe yeah. he's lo- unlocking a little bit of that we've seen so far this season and then Lamole's second question, which I really wanted to get to with some of the hot hitters this week before we get to injuries and wrap things up, um, is Willie Brennan's scalding w- Willie Two Bags. I, I have Willie Two Bags as, as the nickname. He hasn't. He liked the tweet that I I uh, quote tweeted from Akron saying that. So maybe he likes the nickname. I don't know. There it is. We'll have to ask him. It's, it's his verified nickname now. Willie Two Bags. Willie, Willie Two Bags. Uh, is it scalding hot start something or nothing? I think there's something there. I'm curious if this performance this year has changed your opinion. So um Will Will Brennan was my breakout pick for uh was my breakout prospect of the year pick when we did our um prospect predictions after the top prospect rankings were finished. Uh so far, Will Brennan has not disappointed. I said he's he's probably not Stephen Kwan, but he's kind of a, a Kwan light ish um i don't know he's really impressed me he's now got 
14 walks and 10 strikeouts on the year, two homers, um, three steals, eight doubles, 26 RBI, uh, hitting 337, 413, 510. That's a he's 24 at double A, so he's kind of right at that top end age. Quan was 23 last year. Average age for league, and he missed the the COVID year. So, I mean, that's a wash to me. Yeah, Quan is 24 now, and he's in the majors. So, I think Quan's a little ahead of him age-wise, um, which is a concern. And I think Quan obviously has a more elite batting eye. I mean, Quan had a, a 2.7 swinging strike rate last year, whereas Will Brennan has a, uh, a 6.3. So, not high at all. 6.3 is great. Stephen Quan is just on another level as far as his yeah. uh, bat control and I think number one in the majors, or he was uh, last time I saw He was number one last year, and he's still number one, I think. But, yeah, I think this is real. I think Will Brennan is very capable. I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star, but. And and uh, 6% swinging rate, I think, would put him, if he translated that to the major leagues and he carries that over, which he won't. um, But in the major leagues, I think would still be top five in all of MLB. I couldn't be wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, Quan was 2.5, 2.6 last year. He's 1.8 this year. So he's actually swung and missed less in the majors this year than he did all of last year. And No, I'm saying, I'm saying that Brennan's 6% rate would be a top five rate in all of MLB from my understanding. Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering how that translates. Um, yes. I think Will Brennan is real, but I think he's a fourth or a fifth outfielder. Again, yeah, um, chip into a 6.5. Trade you know, you add yeah. off season because he has to be added to the off in the off season too. Yeah, that's a guy I wouldn't want to let go. I, I don't know if I, I want to say he's a fifth outfielder, maybe a fourth outfielder. I, I, let's see, what did I say? Six point three. Uh, Six point three would be um, number thirteen right now, just behind Anthony Rendon. Six percent. And just above Nico Horner, six point four. So he would be top top uh, fifteen. Um, I do I do think what he's doing is real. I, I I don't know. I think Will Brennan could be a low end uh, a low end regular, a moderate regular at some position. I mean, the guy hits. I don't think he's going to swing and miss this little at the major league level because he is twenty four in Double A. But yeah, I don't know. He's I, a future major league player for sure. Absolutely, completely agree with that. Um, and when I say he's a fourth or fifth outfielder, I say fourth or fifth outfielder because of platoon use and stuff like that nowadays. Um, so I, I think he's your traditional, you know, in a traditional setup, he's a traditional fourth outfielder, somebody that could play every day, but you know, he's not going to get seven day a week or six day a week at bats. Um, but he has speed and a good arm and he puts up professional at bats. Uh, like I said, he's kind of a, an Ernie Clement type of outfielder. Um, what Ernie Clement is around the infield, that's what Brennan is on the in, on the outfield, um, being able to play all of all the way around and um, putting up professional at bats with good speed. I would I would say Brennan's bats a little better than Clement. I I think you're right. There could be a platoon a platoon there for opportunity for him, but I think he's a guy that you could co- be comfortable giving. Two or three hundred at bats too. I don't. I don't know that I would give Ernie yeah, Clement three hundred at bats. But no, I wouldn't want to give Ernie that many. But I, I'm likening the the speed 
um, and the professional at bats. Now, Ernie Clements is a guy who I never wanted on the 40 man roster because I wanted Jose Firmino for him, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. He'll, he'll, we talked about that in our DMs the other day. I think, I think Jose Firmin will be in a different organization one yes. way or another this sometime in 2023. Um, and I'll be for the better for him, quite frankly, yeah. uh, unless, unless Cleveland decides to finally give him a chance that he deserves, but we'll see. Either add him um, to the roster or deal him, chip him in on a trade. There's a lot of guys that they're going to have to make a lot of decisions um, this offseason. Yeah. So they, they will either be active at the deadline or they will be active in the offseason. And that activity could be losing a few guys. I think with the depth that this organization continues to build, um, it'll always be a panic button um, under under this front office and this um, this uh, – developmental group, including, you know, Scott Barnes being all of, all of the scouts and everyone that's involved in the draft. I think they do an excellent job finding quality talent. Um, and they're looking for specific types that we're starting to see come to fruition on the major league level. Now, you know, um, I think their plan and the way that they do things is paying off. Uh, and I think that they will just double down and continue to do that. Yeah. They clearly have an archetype. Uh, for sure. Milan Tolentino, another good week. Uh, I'm not going to go into his stats, but he keeps staying hot, keeps hitting. Not surprised there. Uh, Will Bartlett, four for 12 last week with two homers, two doubles. Uh, I think I had him. He wasn't on our top our top uh, prospect rankings, but kind of strikes me as a three true outcome hitter. You know, he doesn't, he strikes out a lot, but he doesn't swing and miss a lot because he's one of those guys that's, you know, borderline passive at the plate. Um, and those guys tend to develop slower, but the power is real. Um, the strikeout issues are real. The patience is is still good, um, but a right rate for a spaceman. We'll see what happens. Uh, John Kenzie Noel is not going to Akron anytime soon, so Bart will probably finish the year in Lynchburg at this point. Let's get to some injuries real quick, uh, Willie, before we wrap this thing up and talk about players of the week. But um, Brian Rocchio, who had a collision on Sun on Saturday. Um, I can't, I can't remember who he hit. I think it was an, an outfielder or an infielder and he was coming in on base, but he has a concussion. So he's out hopefully not too bad. Cause he was starting to just turn the corner and yep. he was starting to settle in for the year. He looked really good. So hopefully not too long for him. Um, but just crazy that now Rokio and Arias are, are out with injuries and, um, <laughs> we talked about Jimenez cementing himself as a part of the future. Good time for him to do it because uh, now two of the best options to replace him one day are both hurt, and um, hopefully it's not long-term. Another guy I'm concerned about, Willie, is Tanner Burns. I watched his last start in Richmond, and um, I heard in the broadcast he was only about 89-90 with the fastball, and he didn't give up a lot of runs, but his pitch count was 74 in three innings, mm-hmm. and his control just wasn't very good. His elbow was an issue last year in Lake County. Um, when he got hurt and he came back after the elbow issue, um, he was his velocity was down and the, and there was no control again. I shouldn't say no control, but his control was very um, was below what I expected it to be and what it used to be. And now he's having the same issue again, but now it's the elbow. I don't know. I'm I'm a little concerned. Yeah, um, I will say that I'm not a doctor, though I play one on TV. <laughs> Um, I told you I had concerns about him when they drafted him. 
partly because he signed so late and that his bonus was well below what the allotted amount, amount was for that pool spot. And it also was counter to what Scott Barnsby told me whenever I asked him on draft day. And, and he said that they were going to spend all of their pool money. In fact, they spent all but 600000 or so. And that was the money that was uh, the difference between what Tanner Burns could have got for that selection and what Tanner Burns actually signed for. Um, I think he got somewhere between 70 and 80% of what the actual um, allotment was. And I speculated then that that was a red flag um, that there could be, and there was a shoulder injury, a shoulder strain or something in college that um, some teams I think had noted um, from, from something I had picked up. I'll, I'll just say it that way. Something I had picked up, some teams had noted that he'd had a shoulder strain and they thought that he could end up being a reliever because of it. Um, I think that's what we see. I, I thought it was maybe the elbow, um, but definitely a concern for him. I don't know if this is going to be a, a lengthy thing. Let's hope it's just a minor uh, Therese major strain or something like that rather than rotator cuff. Um, yeah. Definitely concerned. This is why you take a lot of pictures, you know, because the prospects yes. themselves, it's not just the major league level. The prospects get hurt too. So yeah. Injuries and in, ineffectiveness. Yeah. So it would definitely be disappointing if, if injuries were the reason that Tanner Burns didn't pan out because the stuff's solid. It's there. It's not anything, you know, yeah. I know you guys weren't super high on the, uh, the ceiling, but the floor was good. And um, if nothing else, he's a, a good option to, to use as, as trade bait. Um, so, you know, speed recovery to him and uh, definitely concerning uh, right now for him. So they've got Rokio. Uh, Carson Tucker, you said, is dealing with an elbow issue again. Was that He was the same last year, right? He had an elbow issue in uh, Arizona, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. Broke a finger last year. Oh, that's right. It was a finger. Okay. Well, he yeah. has not played since like the first week of the year, and it's, it's starting to look like a wash for him. This is not good. Yeah, an elbow strain. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, I'm wondering if he was trying to work through that without placing him on the injury list, and now he's on the injury list uh, with an elbow strain. You always have to be concerned, especially from a position where you have to be able to throw from multiple angles or, or quickly. Um, what kind of wear and tear that will have on his elbow, but that missed time 2020, now 2021, and then missed time in 2022 – a lot of red flags there for Carson Tucker. I know a lot of people were already calling him a bust and I'll say it's still too early to call him a bust. I don't think he's even 21 years old yet. So um, let's wait to the end of the season and then call him a bust. <laughs> yeah. Only two years in. Yeah. And the COVID whole thing. I don't know. We'll see the 2020 trap class is looking kind of strange right now though. So yeah. I guess yeah, we'll Burns see. And, and Tucker up top and, but you know, you flip that with Molantone, Milan Tontino helping and uh, yeah. Hickman's not well, looking Al too good. And then Logan Allen. Um, yeah. Halpin's off to a slow start, but he's, you know, 19 years old in high A. So yeah, I think he's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried. He's been, Hey, he's been ejected from two games this year though. Willie, what the heck he's, he had the uh, argument, with the umpire, I forget on what it was at, at, in Lake County. And then he was part of that benches clearing brawl in, in Dayton the other week um, where, Reese Hens of the Reds or the Dayton Dragons uh, shoved Aaron Davenport um, and benches cleared and, and PD Halpin was one of the guys ejected. So 
I don't know. The highlight of his year so far is two ejections. That's not great. <laughs> Even though if they are weird ones, but don't don't tell Jared. Uh, I won't tell Jared. No, sorry. Petey Halpin has not been ejected at all. He's perfectly fine. Uh, He's an intense so fiery competitor, Justin. He is that. Yeah, Doug Nikhazy is too, but he hasn't been kicked out of any games either. Just saying. No, we like we like Petey Halpin. He's he's a good dude, and um, we're uh, hoping he has a better a better season. He'll get there. He's a teenager and high. He'll, settle, and he'll settle in. I'm not worried about a 19 year old in in high. Right. A. If he were, if he were 21, that's another thing. I'd be a little bit more concerned about him if he were 22. But oh, well, there's plenty of guys who are about that with that in that in that level <laughs> right now. Um, let's let's talk about our picks. We didn't make our picks on air. Did we make our picks on air last week, or did we? Forget? No, we did it in our DMs. We forgot. Okay, yeah, because the interview with Peyton Battenfield, we forgot about our our player of the week pick. So the week before Willie, uh, before that, you, um, I think we talked about you one. We gave it to you because my uh, my picks were not so good, so we gave it to you. So you're three and zero this year. I'm zero and three. This coming week, or I'm sorry, last week was uh, no. This is last week. Hang on. This is last week's picks. I'm I'm two and zero, uh, Justin. You're two and zero. Okay, we're two and zero. Um, and coming into today, anyway. So this is going to be we're going to decide now. Last week, Willie, you took um, Jake Fox and Rodney Boone. I took Xavier Curry and Will Brennan. Well, let me give you those two real quick. Will Brennan last week, uh, three sixty eight, four fifty five, six thirty two slug, a homer, two doubles, nine ribbies. Xavier um, Curry. Last week, uh, one start, five innings pitched, eight strikeouts. Um, I get the whole thing to load. Uh, a home run allowed, two hits, a walk. Pretty darn good start, if you ask me, uh, for those two. Let's let's see what the guys in Lynchburg did. I know Rodney Boone um, didn't have his best start of the year last week. Let's see what he did. He got, he got washed out of one of them too because he he was scheduled to have two starts. So I had oh, every, strategy. Everybody in, had rain. In everybody had rain last yeah. week. Um, well, actually, Roddy Boone pitched pretty well. Uh, six innings, five strikeouts, um, no walks, four hits, two runs allowed. Your pick was Jake Fox. Uh, I don't think he hit much last week. Uh, he's been good this year, but he has really mostly been doing it when it comes to walks. Uh, Jake Fox last week at the dish. Uh, three for 14 with an RBI, 214, 214, 214 across the board in four games. I don't know, Willie. I didn't, I didn't put up to vote, but I got to thank Curry and Brennan. Right I, think about Fox I think you got it last week. Yeah, I think that, I'm thinking of taking that one home. All right. So it's two and one now. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I'm only, I, only I a game under 500. Week. Since I'm the loser, yeah. I get to pick for next week first, right? Yes, you do. So let's let's do that right now. Willie, who are you taking next week in player of the week? I, I got to go for my namesake. You know, I'm older than him, so I can say this, but Willie, two bags. So there's one. And then I've got to go with my stallion, which is Gavin Williams. He shall deliver victory for me next week. Just saying. Okay. Okay. You were you were 2-0 heading into this week. And you go on. You pick, you pick two horses. You pick two we both horses. we were both saying last week we were like oh wow we, we both picked, you picked oh, Fox okay and I'll, I'll retract Gavin Williams then I'll go with Hunter Gaddis how's that all right man I was like man you 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 lost for the first time all year and you're like all right I'm gonna go out and just pick two studs forget this I'm not losing again and leave yeah, nothing yeah, for everybody screw, else screw that <laughs> man one loss and you're like nope that's it Willie um, two bags and Hunter Gaddis it is Justin. 
Yeah. I, I don't have a high tolerance for crying, you know. I don't want to hear you crying about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't like losing, apparently, either, man. You would have left nothing. Yeah, that me. either. Uh, well, let's no, see. This is going to be a in, tough one. When I played Little League, I ate ice cream a lot. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> is it because they felt bad for you or is it because you were a winner? Did you Okay. Did you get sprinkles? Because sprinkles are for winners. Our team was, was winless the entire year, okay? <laughs> oh, they just felt bad for you. So you, yes, you didn't get sprinkles because sprinkles are for winners. Um, gosh, who am I going to go with this week for hitters? Let me go with... Uh, Tolentino, man. Come on. No, I'm not going to go with Tolentino. I'm going to go with... Uh, this is tough. I don't know. There's a couple guys hurt. You picked a good one. I'm trying to think who's playing who this week. Um yeah, I don't know. This is really hard. I'm going to go with Bo Naylor. Bo Naylor didn't hit the ball much last week, but he did walk yeah, a lot. He a lot of walks the other day, though. I mean, that. Yeah, good, so I'm going to take Bo Naylor and, and think he's starting to settle in. And so he's Bo. got a, a 19% uh, 19% K rate and a 19% walk rate right now. So, yeah. That's pretty good. You want to you see the. Um, you want to see the batting average come up, but that's definitely play, playable, I think, in the majors. Yeah, it's, it's good to see it from last year. Texas is winning out there. <laughs> yeah, well, excellent. You know there for his bat. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. still in. I'm still on for the Austin Hedges extension, even if they acquire one. So, oh jeez, oh, you can't geez. have enough okay. catching, man. I'm telling you. I know. I know. Um, Great trade chips too. They for sure are. Let me go with. Uh, gosh, let me go with the. Uh, Jack Leftwich, I guess, out of the uh, the piggyback in, in Lynchburg. Why not? They got they got to play this week, right? They didn't they had a lot of rainouts. They got to be dry this week and play. So give me Jack yeah. Leftwich. Let's see what he can do this week. I, I'm not confident in that pick. So make me make me proud, Jeff. I'm not. Are you, are you sure? <laughs> I'm not sure at all. Like Why not? What's that? I know you like Jack a lot. And, and speaking of Jack, I was a little surprised he got placed to, in Lynchburg, but. You know, that's for another. Well, one. it's because he's it's it's because he started. We know it's because if he was a reliever, he'd be in Lynch yeah. and in Lake County. So, all right. So, Will Brennan and Hunter Gaddis and Willie. I took uh, Naylor and Jack Leftwich. I have a feeling this is going to be a tough week. I don't know if I can pull off the upset, but leave it to me to not be prepared. Um, I, I left you, Gavin Williams, my friend. Come on. I know. I didn't want to go too obviously. I I won last week, so I can't. I can't. Uh, you know, I can't gloat, and I can't. Uh, I can't try to ride on that one. I had to get some new ones out there. Will Brennan and Curry were good picks. Of course, you turned around and stole Will Brennan for me. So I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we should change the format. Maybe we should just do. Pick, it's a, it is a safe pick, but you know what? Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should. Uh, whoever you pick, if you win with them that week, you have to stick with them until somebody else picks a new set of players and beats you. Then you got to pick all over again. So maybe we should do it from that that way from now on. I don't know. Let us know. Let us or know you if you like that format. You guys, is that what you're saying? Putting on a franchise tag <laughs> on them. Yeah, let's let's make it into a, a whole draft. Let's let's make it into a whole uh, a whole fantasy a dynasty thing. If you, you like know, that format, have, let us know. We could have tied in our our draft that we did in the uh, off season. Oh, we could only pick guys we drafted. How about that? Yeah, that would be a really cool way of approaching. All right, the I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll I'll pull up that uh that prospect Can draft this year. <laughs> Can we make trades? I don't know. I guess we will. Well, I'll I'll bring that list up. We'll bring it back for next week. How's that sound? That sounds fun. All right. Well, well let's, we got some... let's actually do a little something with the list. You know, 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> we should. Good, not let good it way to employ it. Yeah. We won't let it just sit there for a year. So uh, look forward to that next week. Uh, there was a lot more I wanted to get to. I know. And I wanted to talk about your mock draft a little more and upcoming draft coverage, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, if we can, uh, we got some time for that. Uh, Lake County, Akron, Columbus, all back at home this week. Lynchburg's on the road, but um, you know, stay tuned to coverage in those areas. Sign up to be an insider, a subscriber at uh, Guardians Baseball Insider because we'll have coverage from all those games. Um, coming up, John, I should say Joe Collins has been doing a great job covering the Guardians. Check out his work, uh, guard, standing guard, covering the home stands. We did a we did a uh, Twitter Spaces yesterday. We talked about the Major League team. That's out there. If you want to go listen to that, I'll, I'll tweet the link to that again. Um, so thanks to those who participated. Thanks to those who listened today. Thanks for the questions. Uh, What's all that good stuff? I got to say, Willie, subscribe, rate, review, comment, whatever it is. Tell us if we're good. Tell us if we stink. But if you tell us we stink, tell us why and, and how we can get better. Um, always got to be constructive, but... Thanks for tuning in. Willie, thanks for doing this with me, and we'll catch you all next week.